0: all right everyone welcome back to distracted daily with bear mojo a quick reminder before we get into today's show listener support is now turned on so please check that out and if you want to really support the show please share it with everyone you know uh friends anyone family share it with people you don't like too because maybe you know they'll give it a listen and uh uh check me out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all my social media, follow me. And today's episode is Freaky Friday First Encounters of the Paranormal. And joining me again today, my special guest, my son. Kai, who's the host of...
1: Don't worry, we're all illiterate here.
0: Alright. So, these are our true experiences, our very first ones with the paranormal. And I'm going to kick it off first with my first paranormal encounter and this goes back all the way to 1989. I'm eight years old. My parents are separated. But I'm in the second grade at the time. And I'm. My father has me for the weekend. It's one of his weekends to have me. And. I'm at his house. And it's. Kind of a, uh, I would say, as far as I can remember, just a normal weekend me over there visiting. Um, it's springtime, and it's the night of this encounter, it's starting to storm, like about the time he puts me and My brother to bed. My brother at the time was just a little tiny baby, like still in diapers. And I remember it it starting to pick up storming pretty heavily. And I was already kind of scared from the storm. But I remember. Being in this bedroom with a, a pretty good-sized window. And there was no cover or blanket or anything on it. And I, I wasn't facing the window to begin with. But I was laying in the bed trying to go to sleep. You know, like I said, I was a little scared from the storm because it was getting to pick up. And I remember hearing this tapping on the window. And I remember at first not wanting to turn and look. But it kept happening. And I, you know, it's been so long and I was so little I couldn't really tell you how long it kept going on before I eventually turned and looked. And when I did, what I saw standing at this window was this enormous, black, monstrous-looking creature that looked like it had like the head of a Brahma bull, but standing on two legs, tapping on the window. And it would motion, once it saw me look at it, it motioned with its finger for me to come over to the window. And I jumped up, started screaming and crying and ran out into the hall and started yelling for my dad. And he heard me and woke up and came out into the hall and I told him what I saw and he went back into the room and a couple minutes later, he came back out of the room. And I don't remember him ever saying anything about it. Hmm. Okay. That's crazy,
1: right? That's Yeah, that's really weird that he didn't say anything. Also, smartest kid move ever. Because you always hear stories of, like, they go and investigate or something. No. No way. No.
0: Now, this... Event affected me so bad that my mom ends up having to put me in therapy because, you know, like I said, it was over the weekend, and you know, at the start of the week, I end up, you know, returning to school. Well, over a period of two, I think, if I remember. Correctly, My mom told me it was over a period of about two weeks. Uh, after two weeks, she started getting a lot of calls from my teacher. Who noticed that I was starting to withdraw myself, like, really bad. I was starting to become quiet and wouldn't talk and wouldn't you know, participate in anything. I would just sit at my desk drawing with my head down and I apparently I kept drawing the same thing which was this monster. So it it got concerning enough that my teacher eventually got a hold of my mom and talked to her and then met with her and showed her the drawings and then my mom puts me in therapy and I, I'm not even sure how long I was in therapy for cause
1: kinda like it's been so it's long it's been so
0: long yeah. yeah but that that was my very first paranormal experience and what's crazy about that being my first paranormal experience is the house that that happened in that was my father's mother's house that he was renting from her. She had moved elsewhere, and she was renting that house to him. And I didn't find out until 39, 40 years later that my dad's sister in that how that same house when she was a kid almost the same age saw the exact same thing in the exact same room through the exact same window
1: that's weird so like i bet you that house definitely has a history or something like that but to see the exact same thing in like the, I guess, similar situation, same window, that's kind of sketch.
0: That's very sketchy. And the, where the house is, it's in Castellian Springs. And it's about a mile, mile and a half away from uh, Blitzo's cabin. And if anybody listening knows about Bledsoe's Cabin it's you know supposedly very haunted and
1: who knows could be a future episode perhaps
0: could be well I'll tell you it's uh, mentioned in uh Tony Merkel's episode called the Tennessee Triangle he has a woman on there who is a historian from Sumner County where
1: I remember that. I remember you told me about that, yeah. And
0: uh, she mentions it. But, uh, yeah, that was my very first paranormal encounter, and it was pretty freaky. But it definitely wouldn't be the last.
1: For sure. I mean, especially that happened so young, too. Mine, when does this take place? Like, a few years ago, really? Like, two, three-ish, maybe? Pushing pushing three I think so two yeah so not necessarily long long time ago but to me that's a very long time ago so I had this friend Jonathan we hung out a lot uh, you know classic teenager stuff being rebellious or whatever and I go spend the weekend at his place we're hanging out everything's fine and me and him walking to the garage and his uh, stepdad I guess you could call him. was like, do y'all want to come see this? And I was like, sure, what is it? And it's in a Ouija board, sitting on the floor. With the box that came in under it, the thing, uh, I don't know what it's called, that triangle piece?
0: A planchet. Yeah.
1: That's what it's called. On there, and everything, and the whole, you could feel the energy in the room just like, get serious. It was like like immediate uh, how do I even describe it? Immediate like not, kind of like danger like the sense of like I don't want to be near that I don't know what's going on I don't want to know what's going on just
0: instantly giving off a bad
1: vibe yeah and like I may not seem I guess like super religious and stuff but I was like that's a bad omen that's a no 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 I'm not getting even near that thing so, like, the night goes on and stuff. And from what I remember is, like, they convinced me to do it. So, like, pure pressure. And, like, at first, I can't touch it with my hands. I physically cannot touch it. So they grabbed my hands and put it on there. And I yank my hands off. I'm like, I'm not doing this. And they said, you didn't say goodbye. So you know I put my hands back on there. And I, I moved it. I said goodbye. And the light bulb... Breaks. Mm. I have a uh, BB gun, right? A little little pistol BB gun, and I'm pretty scared. And for me, that's like that's the only thing gonna keep me safe in a situation where like I don't know what I'm messing with or what's even going on. And it's a pretty crowded garage. Like there's not a lot of space. It's all uh, clustered out with boxes and you know junk. And it breaks, and it seems like in the corner of the room, it's dark, but you know how uh, how you can look in a dark space and, like, you can see, like, different shades of gray, so you can tell what objects are and where they're at?
0: Yeah, your uh, eyes eventually adjust a little.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking in this corner, and, like, I can see the edges of all the boxes and everything and, like, tents and stuff. And I see, like... The classic long black hair, kind of whitish dress, very short, just sitting there looking at me. And it starts to take, it takes steps towards me. And I know for a fact, like I start freaking out and I'm the only one that can see it. And everybody's calm and saying still, so it feels like I'm alone. And like Jonathan grabs me on my arm and he's like, are you okay? I didn't know it was him. So I like turn around and I pretty much backhand him and I'm like get off of me and I pull it out and it's just pop, 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 pop. And like you can see it like I know I hit it for a fact because you know it's that short range. Nothing. And then like it kind of felt like it was like going to put its arm out or something to touch me. But it was still like seven feet away. I'd say like pretty far away. And then all of a sudden it jams, I can't even pull the trigger on this thing no more, nothing's working, and the light comes on. There's no bulb, it broke. But the light is on. Like the wires or something, you know, like the whole place lights back up. And I'm standing like way farther than where I originally was when these lights turned off. And Jonathan wasn't near me. So it wasn't even him who grabbed my arm he tried he touched my arm when the lights first went off but not when it, I thought it happened and he said that like i just started freaking out when the lights went off i wouldn't talk to them or anything and i was screaming crazy stuff telling like get away from me and like being like protecting myself sort of wouldn't let nothing get close to me and there's like holes in the wall from where you could see like you know where i was shooting the bb gun and everybody was like, "Dude, what just happened to you?" I was like, "I don't know," and I, I told him straight up. I was like, "Y'all are crazy. I don't want to come back here. I don't ever want to touch this thing again. Y'all better burn it or something." And I told him, I was like, "Yeah, uh, you, you should burn it. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't burn it. But That's I was, scary." And I was telling them, I was like, "I didn't want to do this. So whatever it is, it's not invited." And this was against my will, so obviously I'm upset and stuff. I'm like, no, nah, y'all are into some weird stuff, and I'm not about it. And I was like, no, no, no. Jonathan was against it. Because when this happened, he wasn't in there at first. Like, we walked in there, and we were talking and stuff. He goes leaves, I think, to get somebody some to eat some mac and cheese. Because that's kind of all we ate at his house. Is we'd some big bowls of Velveeta. Like, man, that stuff was smacking. Besides the point. <laughs> Um, when it, like, when they get me to touch a Ouija board and stuff, he's not even there. So he walks in, I guess, like, mid thing. he goes, what is going on in here? And he said I wouldn't listen to him. Like, I wouldn't acknowledge he was there. I then, like, when I yanked my hands off, uh, and, you know, I had to say goodbye, so I put them back on. And stuff. everybody was telling me, like, I was different once I touched it. Like, my eyes... Like, there's a different look in my eyes. I wasn't acting like me. And I was like.
0: You know what that sounds like, don't you? It's
1: not like I got possessed. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, it's like. It seemed like stuff was happening around me that no one else could see or notice. And, like, for the rest of that night, like, it didn't traumatize me. But for the rest of that night, it was stuck in my head. So, like, I was, like, extremely paranoid. I thought I was seeing stuff. And most of it was just paranoia. Because if you get too paranoid, you know, you can hallucinate and all that stuff. And what's crazy is shortly after this, um, I think we end up going to Taffany's. Like, uh, a little while after this has happened. And you end up cleansing me.
0: Well, hold on. Back up. Because when you came home from Jonathan's, we got to talk about what happened.
1: I don't remember what happened.
0: When you came home from Jonathan's, okay, the the day that you came home, that night, you went to bed. Right. Well, you woke up early in the morning, like 3.30. Yeah,
1: that's...
0: And me and Amy heard you. You were talking. You weren't really making any sense Just
1: kind of you were gibberish.
0: saying random random ass words and at one point you were crying really? and here's the weird part you were standing in front of the bathroom mirror
1: when I was doing all this?
0: yeah and I... then you you had a red sharpie in your hand and you had drawn all over your face all over your arms all over your hands, Dude, and you this. had written all over the bathroom mirror, just scribbles.
1: I don't remember any of that. Yeah, I remember seeing my hands, seeing a red sharpie, and like noticing like I've drawn, like I've like like trying to color it in my skin or something. You know, it was all over me. I remember looking up in the mirror and like it was all on my face. At first, I thought my like I was bleeding. I was like, oh, I'm having a bad nose. Well, it's at,
0: covered everywhere. At first, like, from the distance, the farthest distance of the hallway to that bathroom mirror where you were standing in front of, it did. It looked like blood at first. Yeah. So, you know, me and Amy ran up to you, and I remember. Didn't we realized it was just marker, but you were just acting so freaking strange, and I was like, You know, he hasn't slept walks until he was a little kid. But everything you were doing just seemed
1: so freaking weird. That's actually insane because I remember, like, looking in the mirror, seeing myself, and, like, you know, kind of understanding what just happened. I don't remember seeing Amy at all, hearing her voice, nothing. I only remember you, like, kind of, like, grabbing me and, like, what is going on?
0: Well, she just stood back. I mean, she didn't come into the bathroom and, like, grab you or anything. So that's
1: probably why, like, I don't... Yeah,
0: that'd be why you don't remember okay. her being there.
1: Yeah, that's, that's weird because I only remember, like, the, I guess, like, the last few seconds of it, like, what?
0: When you... And it was so you,
1: confusing. I was when like, I,
0: like, kind of snapped you out of it.
1: Yeah, like, when you touched me, I was like, what's going on? What? And I was like, what are you
0: You were, about? you were confused as hell, like, you didn't understand what was going on.
1: Yeah, I was like, why are you freaking out? Why am I in the bathroom? What late?
0: Uh, I was confused as hell. You know, Anyone at, at first there. I was just scared as hell because I was like, you know, you already knew how I felt about that kid anyway. Yeah. But at my first thing was like, oh my God, he's done some kind of drug that's fucked his brain up permanently. <laughs> you yeah, know,
1: now it's going to be... But I mean, that's a serious worry and concern, especially nowadays. Like, like uh, weed, that's not even safe to smoke anymore.
0: No, nope, nothing At is all. safe yeah. anymore. Now that fentanyl is wreaking havoc on the country.
1: Yeah, people are worried about cigarettes. Like, dude, I'd much rather go buy a pack of cigarettes to be safe smoking that, than you know, end up like ODing because it's laced or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember like. Like I said, I only remember the last few seconds. And then, like, the next day felt, like, normal and stuff. But I was just, like... I thought so it was who, a So, who
0: made you put your hands on the Ouija board? It was, uh... I think
1: it was, right. his, was it... It wasn't him. It was, uh, his wife. It was Jonathan's mom. Because she was freaking out. She was, like, you didn't say goodbye. What are you doing? And, like, grabbed my hands, like, put it on, and, like, moved it to goodbye. And she was, like, okay, you're good.
0: So, okay. So just... This is my actual first time hearing this, so, and just from that perspective, it sounds to me like this is something they did often.
1: Yeah, like, experience with, yeah. And it's weird, because, like, I asked Jonathan, I was like... Now,
0: when you were over at their house, did you see any, uh, any things like in the household that would indicate maybe they were into some things like maybe witchcraft or satanism or
1: there was nothing like uh i think the proper term is luciferian right yeah i didn't see nothing like that nothing that screamed like hardcore satan like well
0: here's the thing uh, you know a lot of times
1: it's in, like, plain sight Practitioners
0: or of certain things, yeah, they have it in plain sight. It doesn't look like, you know, the imagery you see on TV or in movies or anything. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> no. can be a, f- you know, they can have a, uh, Sometimes what's the like word I'm looking for? A
1: totem or a charm or a shrine. Like, like yeah, a shrine, a shrine
0: of... but it doesn't look like a shrine like you imagine it. It can be a flower pot with the right symbols on it, and you just think it's a flower pot.
1: Yeah, right. Or it can
0: be a candle stand, you know, that has a... It just looks like a candle stand
1: with maybe a
0: picture around it or something. There's
1: a house of, like, seven or eight. Hold on. It's Jonathan. He had, like, three younger siblings, Uh, his grandma, stepdad, and mom. So, yeah, that's seven. So the house was, like, extremely crowded with stuff, like, obviously a whole bunch of, like, food, clothes everywhere, because, you know, it's going to be hard to keep a house of, like, six kids in control or whatever it is. But, like, um, because I'd been there a lot, right? I hung out with him a lot, so I, I knew what his house looked like, and I knew everything there, but I never saw anything, like, really stuck out, like, uh... Never saw any symbolism of anything because his grandma was Christian. So, only stuff you ever seen would be like, you know, classic, like a, kind of like that type of stuff, like uh, crosses on the wall and family porches, like ordinary stuff that you look over.
0: Yeah.
1: But the garage.
0: That's which, what I was about to ask. But yeah, what about, about the garage that, uh, where they were doing this?
1: Yeah. You know, is that a Ouija board was hidden because I've been in that garage a lot and I've never seen it. But it was like a, uh, like a tinkerer workshop. You know, there's parts strung about all over the place. So, like, it'd be easy to hide something in plain sight because there's so much, like, junk and stuff going on that you can't tell anything apart. You just think it's either tools or scrap or, yeah, like junk or something. Because the workbench always had like wires, batteries, like... Because they had a homemade, a, uh... Homemade camera surveillance system going on. That's odd. So, yeah. So it's like a lot of wiring and batteries and stuff. Like uh,
0: throughout the whole house or just there in the garage?
1: No, there in the garage is like where everything was made. So it was set up outside of the garage and stuff like that. Okay. Even had a, uh, security system... So it's a camera on the outside of the garage on the door. Uh, it sees you like going in at the door. And there's another one on the other side that looks out towards the front door sill. So when you walk in, uh, the dude gets like a notification. It's kind of like ring doorbells now, right? But he had a... I think it was like a speaker or something. So if he didn't know who you were... like I didn't meet his stepdad in person. I met him talking through like some type of PA system from this homemade... Security the first says, time, yeah. He well, just yeah, said,
0: I, you know, I know who he is because we met him. You know that couple times they came over uh, to pick you
1: up. Dull knife in the shed, but, but it was so weird because he was like, "Who are you? Oh, you're Jonathan's friend and stuff," and like had a uh, voice changer on. You could tell and all this stuff. And I guess he asked because I didn't show him my face. You know, I had a hat, and. uh I think I gator mask on because it was cold and stuff. And, like, uh, I talked to him and whatever. Then, I think later on in that weekend, I met him in person. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Weird taste in clothing. No matter the weather, wore, like, a lot of jackets. Like, three or four on top of each other. And I was like, "That's, that's not normal. And I get like the stereotype of like homeless people wear a lot of ripped up jackets and stuff, but it's like eh, you live in a house. You're obviously making like enough money to keep everything going, but why are you wearing so much jackets when it's like either not cold or it's hot? Well, on I the
0: just house? I just wonder how long they've been, you like, know, messing with the Ouija board and you know what kind of effect it had on them, mixed with other things. We know they were doing in their life. Yeah. You know.
1: What's weird is the mom... Okay. She didn't seem like she did it a lot. But... Like you very knowledgeable of the stuff. And being like... That's not a good idea. So at first... She sat back and didn't do nothing. And kind of watched.
0: That's another thing that's really strange.
1: Yeah. That... That's uh... That's something like set off...
0: Also for an adult to do that to, you know, uh, basically a child.
1: Yeah, because...
0: Force them to do that. Something, you know, you expressed that you didn't want to do it, right?
1: I was nothing but like, what, 12, 13? Well, I'm 16 now, so yeah, I was like... Well, you would
0: have been 14.
1: 14? Oh, yeah, that's right. But still, that's really young. Because you
0: were 14, 15 when... We met the Jonathan kid.
1: He's actually not that bad. He's changed a lot. But you know, it was also I think his environment was a big part of the way he was and stuff which is often the case. So but, you know, good for him. Glad he's doing better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's still though, that's a that's it's crazy. That's a
1: it's insane. That's
0: a horrible experience too, too. It cre- Be forced like that into something that turns out so scary?
1: Well, it's like, and it felt so, uh, I guess demonic. Because, um, you know, I feel, I feel very strongly towards, um, Christ as my Lord Savior and all that stuff. So for me, I think that's what made me the most uncomfortable is it was spiritually uncomfortable. Is yeah. was the scariest part about it because I understood something bad was going on and it wasn't something I could control at all. So I guess it would be like, uh, like we were talking about the other day like, yeah, spiritual attack is kind of what it felt like because it was like this is against my will and
0: maybe, maybe they sensed that about you. You know, when you first came into that garage and they wanted to test it and see. Maybe that's why they forced your hands down on there like that.
1: Yeah. Because it wasn't like a extremely aggressive, like grabbing by the wrist, yanking. It was like she put my hands together and like gently but also forcefully put it down. It was like, you need to say goodbye for your safety. And, like, that's the thing that she kept talking about. Uh, I just never, uh realized that, you know, thinking back, back on it and stuff, is she was always talking about my safety and what to do. Like, um, keep a clear mind, keep positive thoughts, keep positive energy. I didn't understand energy or nothing like that at the time. Like, I have a better grasp of it now, but there's still so much to well, learn.
0: that is, Right there is an indication that she knew way more than you thought she knew. Oh, yeah. And she shouldn't have even put you in that position in the first place. You shouldn't have been allowed to come in the garage. Yeah.
1: Which, uh, we weren't allowed in the garage if they weren't there. Was also the thing. So it's like, me and Jonathan normally hung out in his room just either... I mean, we didn't even play the PlayStation that much. We just hung out, talked to each other about sometimes school drama, the girls we liked, regular stuff. So, like, that's why at first, like, I didn't understand why uh, why you were, like, against me hanging out with him because I was like, well, we don't do anything bad. It was more of the environment that was bad than rather, I would say, just him.
0: Yeah, and sometimes a parent just knows.
1: Yeah, that gut feeling. hmm Yeah. I would definitely say, out of especially anything I've experienced since then, oh, it cuts a cake. I've never been through something more uh, terrifying.
0: Well, m- my first encounter doesn't <clears throat> qualify as the scariest, but the fact that I can still remember that so like clearly. it happened yesterday is number one odd and then the fact that i found out you know you Somebody know once i turned better. once i turned 40 i found out oh this didn't just happen to me in that same house in that same room but it also happened to my aunt you know a decade or two before it happened to me in the exact same house in the exact same room
1: yeah. I think it's cuz it traumatized you, right? Cuz you had to go to therapy for that. So it is a traumatic. Yeah. Event. So I think
0: Obviously, I mean. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think like uh that's why you remember it so well is yeah, you're never forgetting that for sure. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget like what happened then, that main event of like lights going out and all that stuff. But of course like small details like yeah, that stuff slips.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, the small details you Eventually dismissed because you know that shit don't matter. Yeah. What no. matters is you know the the thing that yeah what? you know seared it got seared into your mind so because it was life bad dangerous. that you'll you know yeah. you still haven't forgotten it and you never will.
1: And what's weird is like I was scared obviously right because I didn't know what was going on, but it wasn't the type of fear. Of like, it's not the same as running across. I guess like I'd say a coyote on my own. That fear of like,
0: well, that's a n- natural predator. Yeah. When you see something like what you described in the garage, or like what I saw outside of the window, that's a unnatural. That's a whole another kind yeah. of fear. So
1: it's a yeah, it's it's in its. Uh, yeah, own, you're in two different worlds, worlds here. Where, yeah. And like I said, it didn't feel like much as physical fear as of like, what if this thing takes my soul kind of fear. As in like, those are the moments where you're praying to God because you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's what made me such a strong believer, especially today, is because I got a firsthand experience of like, nah, this stuff's real cuz I think I was really skeptical at the time too. It's like I didn't really believe the stories you were telling me and stuff cuz I thought it was that stories. No. No, it's real. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is they don't believe until you know either they see it or get a hands-on experience. You don't you don't want it. just believe <laughs> watch from yeah, a safe distance.
0: That's true a lot. Of, and that happens with more things than just uh Religion or spirituality, a lot of, a lot of other things in life, people struggle with in that same sense.
1: Don't think they, it's gonna happen to them until it does.
0: They become uh, responsive instead of proactive. They don't deal with something until it's already happened, and they have to negotiate a response to it instead of doing something proactive or doing something to prevent something from happening
1: yeah man it makes me nervous just talking about that because now that like i'm i'm older and i know a lot more that uh it sinks in now of like that situation really was terrifying to be in that happened to me now? I'm free, dude. <laughs> Not
0: only terrifying, but dangerous. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. What What if you were to have been possessed? And you ever think about that? What if...
1: That's the thing. It's like, if I was possessed, then, like, are those fabricated memories of what happened and what I had seen? Or, like, was it illusion? Like that's the Could crazy be. part. It's like
0: the devil was alive from the beginning. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's like, what if all the story I told didn't even happen, and it's just what they told me it happened, right? That's that's crazy to think about.
0: Okay. So part two. Okay. Around. Uh, Just after my 16th birthday, I go... um, This really bad situation at my house happens. And I go... uh, Rather than stay in it, I choose to go live with my dad. And I remember... This is so crazy because at the time he lived in Gallatin on uh, Airport Road and we lived in this little duplex and we end up looking for a, a bigger place and he goes out towards Castellan Springs close to the house where I saw the thing in the window when I was a little kid really yeah and we end up looking at three or four houses around in that area and we find this one house that is a two story house it's pretty close to the original house I was talking about earlier but I remember us going in and looking at it and it was an older house it was uh, really close to Winwood. That's an old, like a historical hotel over there. I've,
1: I think I've heard about it. I don't know.
0: But uh, we go in this house, and immediately it's one of those situations where the whole atmosphere changes as soon as you step into the place. It's like, m- when we're looking at it. It's middle of the summer because I'm not in school. Um, and we step in the place and it's just like ice cold but there's no electricity the air conditioners aren't running or anything and it's it's a really old house two story it has this door to the stairway that goes up to the second floor which was creepy anyway but uh, we open the door to the stairway and go up it to go look at the second floor it has this nice little uh like artist studio up on the second floor
1: that's dope
0: well we're up there looking at it and both of us are not really saying anything we're just checking the place out and we hear that damn door at the bottom of the stairs slam and me and my dad both just oh. look at each other and we're like, yeah, I don't think this is the place we're looking for.
1: <laughs> I, you know, it seems cool, but uh, it's really cold, old. Doors are already slamming.
0: And it's just creepy.
1: That's the thing. Old house is <coughs> cool, but they always have that eerie like, old school horror film feeling to them where it's like
0: and just a couple months after that his sister, my aunt is teaching me how to drive her little stick shift and I don't even know how we get on the topic of this but she's telling me about some urban legend slash ghost story Um, and we were somewhere close to where she lived at the time which was somewhere on the outskirts of like southern the south side of Nashville and she's telling me this urban legend about uh, these railroad tracks where some horrible accident happened like a bus load of children got killed by a train crashing into it like the bus stalled on the train tracks or something and the train couldn't stop something like that but she's telling me about it as we pull up to the location and she stops just short of the train tracks and gets out of the car and pops the trunk and grabs this bag of flour and closes the trunk and sprinkles this flour all over the back of her car and then gets in the car and she eases up on like right on to the middle of the train tracks turns the car off and puts it in neutral you know we, yeah. that's what you do a stick anyway and we sit there for a minute and sure enough the car rolls over the train tracks man and you know we go on down to the there's a stop sign like Maybe 50 yards past the train tracks, we stopped there and get out and look at the car, and there are these little marks in the flower, all the way around the back of her little Geo Metro or whatever it was, and that was just I was like, Nah,
1: no way, no,
0: no freaking way.
1: Was it, like, tiny handprints and stuff?
0: Like, I I don't remember seeing exactly little handprints, but little marks, like, where fingers would be.
1: As if they, like, push it like that, sort of, like, uh, fingers yeah, outward. Yeah, but not, not full palm. handprints, yeah. like
0: palm prints, where you could see, you know, the actual where run connects, of the fingerprints yeah. and all that. Yeah, no. Nothing like that, but... You know, that was a freaky experience right there.
1: That's that's one of the moments where it's like you have to believe in that stuff then. Because it's like there's no other explanation. Because I'm sure you're looking back there either the whole time or you're just sitting there waiting for it. It's like the wind is not pushing a car.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, I always thought that was just something weird.
1: It's a tragic story, but that's also... uh...
0: I don't don't even know, you know, what that urban legend or ghost story is or where it came from or anything. I just remember her, you know, I vaguely remember her telling me the story as we're going to the place she's talking about. And then, you know, basically I remember her doing that and then that happening...
1: Showing you like yeah, see you thought I was kidding. Yeah, and I was
0: like, okay, I believe you.
1: I wonder if she's <laughs> uh, like did it before though, right? Because that's that seems like a thing of like she was prepared, had flour in the trunk and everything. She's like, I've been waiting for that's a chance crazy. to do this again.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I I would love, I would love to talk to her again and ask her about that.
1: Right, that's just.
0: It's a uh, really cool story. She works for the FBI now, so if she's listening to this, I hope she will get in touch with me and you know. FBI?
1: I didn't know that. Wow.
0: Maybe come on and talk about that. That'd be awesome. And and some of her experiences, I'd love to hear. For sure. I I'd love to hear her experience of being in that house,
1: and seeing
0: that thing out of the window.
1: Man. I'm just glad it wasn't me, honestly. I would not want to see no, like, crazy, bull, minotaur-looking demon. Especially uh, yeah, you just, don't
0: like, want anybody to have you know, to see that, especially as a little kid and end up having to go
1: to like, therapy, to therapy yeah. for,
0: I don't even know how long I'd have to. And then, get like, in touch with my mom and ask more details about that. But
1: The creepy creepy thing of its fingers like slowly, like come here, like the, that's some horror movie type of stuff going on.
0: The fact that it affected me so bad that I completely withdrew myself and Makes me my teacher noticed happened. you know, in a class of you know, 20, 30 other kids. A lot, yeah. It was, you know, it had to be something pretty traumatic
1: Yeah, that makes me think like something else that happened that you just can't recall or have no memory of
0: I'll tell you um, something else that happened to me when I was 16 is uh, I've told you a little bit about my friend Josh oh yeah that passed away the uh, the night before I was supposed to hang out with him.
1: Yeah, that was tragic.
0: Well, you know, me and him went to this place up here in Portland shortly before that happened that's sort of a local legend called the Chicken Graveyard.
1: I didn't know about that. Yeah.
0: There's a whole nother story behind that. I don't know if I'll ever share it on here or not, but
1: that's definitely,
0: it's uh, definitely a creepy, crazy
1: tale like,
0: Yeah, that also happened to me when I was 16. 16 is kind of a weird uh, age for me.
1: It's the more and more wonder, I think
0: about it and talk about it.
1: All your experiences and stuff like happened um, a lot then. Not
0: all of them, but uh, quite a few of them happened to me when I was 16 you know now I'm sitting here looking at you and, I'm and 16. you're 16 yeah. and I'm like
1: I just kind of want
0: to look though. at you and say you know buckle up yeah you know get ready because it's just starting
1: right luckily for me I haven't had nothing crazy like that it's just been more of a life sort of like mean people all that just regular drama but that's, that's kind of boring
0: well, that's how it starts. People. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the whole Ouija board experience with you. True. You, you know, True. if you hadn't met the people you
1: met. would never happen. Yeah. But you wouldn't have a good episode now, would you? And that's what really matters. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> if your head gets any bigger, son, I'm going to have to pop it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully nothing happens this year that's absolutely absurd like that. Hopefully not. Because, you know, sometimes it's better to have a peaceful, boring life than horror stories to tell when you're older and scarred.
0: You call, Are you saying I'm old and no. scarred?
1: <laughs> is that what... No.
0: Is this turned into a bash fest? No.
1: Okay. Just, like, generally speaking, you know. A bit older.
0: Yeah, a bit older wiser and more experienced and scarred
1: definitely traumatized from past events
0: okay all right (laughs) with that note we're gonna wrap it up folks for part two of freaky friday's first truly terrifying paranormal experiences on distracted daily with bear mojo if you have a freaky paranormal experience you'd like to share Please feel free to email me at bearmojo 3 at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. And please share the show out with all the people you like and don't like.
1: If you want to DM him, his uh, Snapchat is uh, dd underscore podcast. So if you want to get like direct contact and maybe share a story that way.
0: Or you can hit me up on Twitter at BearMojo1. That's capital B and capital M. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all the socials. And that's going to do it for us. Y'all stay tuned. There's more to come.